0: It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Lock or The Griggs Beat. Let's get into the action. Good morning and welcome into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM coming to you live from the Bradley Basin Studio and the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University where it is nice and chilly, and I darn near slept through the show today. But we're here. We made it. And last night, I got to see my beloved Boston Celtics put a whooping on the Atlanta Hawks. And then, to my left and to my kind of adjacent direction. I'd say, no. Uh, what is, is that, have, northeast? Um, yeah, northeast? Yeah, northeast. Yeah. I,
1: I can tell you, I got a compass app on my watch.
0: All right, well, I know it's finding out what cardinal direction he is from me. I just want to point out how fans of two of the most mid teams in the NBA are they no trash to a Celtics fan.
1: First of all, I'm it's 301 Northwest. Hold on one
2: second. That's Noah Phillips. I'm Gregs Blankenberg. Um, but I'll be the first to tell you. Everyone knows that I am not. I am not one to talk about the Hornets. I always say the C- Hornets bad. C A P. Well, yeah. No, cap, I cap if, cap. If you refer to my tweet last night, I no. C- did you see my tweet last I did, night? I did. Did I said I referred cap, to? You? Yes. Cap, I know the Hornets are bad. I, that is a fact. I've said that for years that the Hornets are bad. I said the plane was invented for the Hornets because they are that mid.
1: And the Knicks are 500, so I don't hear nothing. Mm. Okay. We're doing mm. great by my standards. I, mm. Would uh, either hey, of you like big market team last right time,
0: there. Um, what, what happened the last time you were in the playoffs?
1: Um, we
2: finished with the same. We finished the same result as the Celtics. We both finished with a loss. Uh, pretty no, sure. We I'd were rather have nails
1: than be bald. Mm.
2: Okay, no one on the Celtics except for Grant Williams is bald. All right, let's just move into Auburn football now. Yeah, that's right. Great, there you go,
0: Hornets fan running away.
2: No, never mind. I was I was going to make an, you can't, you made a e-e-doku joke, but You're never mind. He's not our coach anymore. Was Texas A&M 10, Auburn 13. Auburn goes to 4 and 6, A&M falls to 3 and 7. That was probably one of the greatest atmospheres I've ever been a part of. And that includes an Old Miss game I was at last year where both team Ole Miss was number 10 in the nation, Auburn was number 16, and both teams I think were 6 and 1 and then Auburn I think was 6 and 2 at that point. And then the, the talk started about if Auburn could make the College football playoff as a two-loss team, and then after that goes on to lose every single game after that.
0: Whoever started that talk, I really don't like them because I really feel like that's what jinxed this team last year. But, you know, that's in the past.
2: It it really is. But th- what a- that was an incredible – I mean, it kind of was – let's be honest, it was kind of a mid-game. A&M scores oh. 10 points. Oh, if
0: you want to talk about what actually happened on the field, it was awful. That's one of the worst quality football games I've ever seen. However, on that day – it just meant more than football. It was all about Cadillac Williams. It was all about the Auburn family showing love for this team that really deserves it because everyone on this Auburn team is still fighting, that hasn't entered the portal, and is just still giving this team everything they have. They deserve all the love and support that Auburn can possibly put into them.
2: Yeah, and they actually sold out this game. You know, we're, we're big numbers guys here at the Eagles, and Auburn sold out Jordan Hare on Saturday, 87,451 people. That's 100%. Probably more than that, honestly. And then the Arkansas, it was only eighty three thousand seven hundred ninety two, which that seems like a that seems a little generous for a twelve noon kick versus Arkansas. We were three and five during the Potato Man days, still. But that just might be me. But I thought that's that's a little generous to give it ninety six percent capacity for that one. I, am I yeah. wrong, gentlemen? Yeah, no, no
1: it was not Nani. No, a,
0: but how about the Missouri game? Like, that's got to be the least packed. Like, my first ever Auburn game was against Kent State, and there were more people there for that than the Missouri I
2: thought, wasn't it? I thought it was uh, – wasn't it Toledo? Oh, wait, no. I was talk- Oh, you're. Oh, I thought you were talking about our first game as students. Never mind then.
0: No, I'm just talking about my first game. Um, it was
2: 98 – there's no way it was 98% versus Mizzou. That yeah, is, I'm not – They're messing that. up those they're, – they're padding their stats right there with that one. But – Back to the game. that really was the tale of the Auburn defense. Honestly, I forgot who it was after the game. I think it was Cam Riley. Who's like, I wish the, uh, I wish the offense wouldn't just give the uh, the ball back or so quickly or something like that because yeah. we are just three and out. we are only playing three plays at a time because they were just that dominant. I mean, Connor Wigman, uh, the A&M quarterback, 14 for 36, 121 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Robbie Ashford, one six for 13, 60 yards, one touchdown. I think we were at the press conference. Daniel was uh, the the stat was. Auburn didn't only had one pass to a receiver out. Yes, Tank had two. I know because Tank was our leading receiver with two catches for twenty yards.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Call me crazy. There's a shot we go and beat Alabama and Brian Denny. However, oh. for, hold on, hold on. You wait for that to happen. We're gonna have to get these receivers involved. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Noel. What are you gonna say? I just. Oh, it's in Tuscaloosa. Okay. Uh, are you not a faithful Auburn Tiger?
1: I am a faithful Auburn Tiger, but we – no,
2: no. I will say one thing. I do think Auburn may cover that game. I feel like the spread is yes. going to be pretty high yes. in Alabama's favor. And then, remember, great te- good teams win, great teams cover. So, I think that will be the case. I don't know if I'd say – I want to get through Western Kentucky first until we talk about the Iron Bowl, but we won't be here next week for that. But if we can get through this pretty dominant Western Kentucky team, I think they're – I don't know, just – Yes, Alabama's struggling compared to years past. So if like Nick Saban comes down with a cold or something like that and Bill O'Brien's the head coach, yes, absolutely. Auburn's got a shot to definitely win that one. But
0: Not that we're wishing for that. No, we're not
2: at all. I'm just saying if that were to happen. Yes, but, I,
0: I got you. I, just, I knew you weren't. I just wanted to make sure you didn't get clipped.
2: <laughs> Bill O'Brien, man, what a guy. What a guy. He is so bad. Alabama fans seem to love him, though. They keep asking him for Auburn to take him away and make him head coach. But let's move on to this weekend's game a little bit. Auburn facing the 7-4 and four Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. We're only favored by 5? Well, that's because they have an incredible air raid offense, kind of oh similar to gosh. Mississippi State. They're leading, their quarterback, I think his name is Austin Reed, 3,500 passing yards. That's second most in the FBS with 31 passing touchdowns tied for third highest in FBS and only seven interceptions compared to Robbie Ashford for Auburn, 104 for 208 passing yards. He's He's throwing exactly five hundred fifty percent Clap it up for Robbie
1: right there. That's consistency right there. Hey, but we're a running team. Exactly. Right. We are a smash-mouth football team.
0: Yeah, our leading rusher is 797 yards. Exactly. I don't think
1: Tank's going to reach, unless
2: he goes off in this game, I don't think he's going to reach 1,000 yards like we predicted. I remember no. when we were, out at the beginning of the year, we were talking with Jack about 2,000-yard rushers.
0: I mean, I thought that was legitimately possible. Then I saw the O-line, was like, nope.
1: Well, we also didn't run the ball like we should have behind the uh, Harson scheme.
0: Yeah, because Brian Harson didn't know what he was doing. Potato
1: man? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you want to call him. He did not run the ball the correct way in a scheme whatsoever. Tried to run it behind his center instead of trying to run it behind his tackles.
2: I wonder if, like, you know, I'm not even going to say it, but I agree. Yeah. I do think this is this is definitely not a, one of the cupcake games people talk about for week 11.
0: No, we could actually lose this. Like, it's There's a very real chance that we
2: lose. Now, this. granted, if Auburn comes out with that same energy as they did versus A&M, I don't think that's the case, but – it's a 3 p.m. kick on the Saturday before Thanksgiving. A lot it's of students day. aren't going to be there. I mean, I got a guest pass in, like, three minutes the other day for one of our friends. I'll be
0: covering this
2: one. But, yeah, I don't even know what the temperature, the weather's going to be like. It's saying 57 right it's, now. It's going to be cold. I'm going to call it cap. I feel like it's going to be closer to, like, feeling like 40. But Auburn right now favored 5.5. Um, Over-under is 52.5. I mean, West it's Kentucky – <laughs> Western Kentucky can put up some points, though. They've scored a decent amount each game. They averaged 38.2 points a game. Auburn averaging 22.9. Um, I feel like that Auburn pass defense is going to be that need to take a step up, especially in that middle of the field, because I feel like Auburn's most susceptible to like passes, not really deep passes, but just passes, slants over the middle. I feel like that's where they can get exposed.
0: And then on the other side, I'd like to see more than one target to a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, that would be very helpful. And get the receivers involved instead of the um the um what's uh the running backs. I mean, when Tank Bixby's your leading receiver with twenty yards, you got an issue. Well,
1: he yes. is our best athlete on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you gotta figure out a way
2: very to Very true, the ball. <laughs> yes. If we can't give the ball to Tank to run it, just throw it to him. Yeah. But yeah, this is a very tough game for Auburn. I mean, um we know it's gonna be more like a Mississippi State thing, so that helps in game playing. I think someone asked that to Cadillac Williams at the press conference the other day. But, yeah, I mean, this is a uh, Western Kentucky team that's going to go to a decent group of five bowl game. They're not going to get the uh, New Year's Six Bowl bid for the group of five, but they're definitely going to be playing somewhere in late December.
0: Yeah, they'll probably be down in Florida somewhere on one of those bowls. Uh,
2: let's just call Auburn's rest of the season, it's the battle for Birmingham, the yep. The road to nah, Birmingham. No, 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 no. Don't um, even say it. I
1: we're would, going to the Sugar Okay, all right. Mm, Look, mm. And we're going to love our story after winning six games, going in uh, to Tuscaloosa and coming out with a win.
2: ESPN would print the money for the 30-for-30. 30 30. Oh, my goodness. Exactly.
1: Cadillac Williams. Go well, crazy, Cadillac. That's probably... a perfect title. And we're going to thank Noah for coming on the Don't show today, but
0: I think that's going to end Noah's time on the no. es for today. Noah, do you have any closing thoughts? I'm kidding.
1: I have a test in 50 minutes. Hey, Dana, we know we talk thing. a lot about studying them. Daniel, no. don't, Daniel.
0: Shouldn't you be studying for that test of yours?
2: No. All right. Go ahead, Griggs. All right. We know we talk a lot about ticket prices on the show, correct? Uh indeed, we do. And don't look at it now. I don't want you I want you to guess what the ticket price is for this game. I mean, I've already seen uh, it, Griggs. I've been on the page.
0: Ah, uh, I'll guess. I guess I'll no, guess. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go fifty dollars. <laughs> very wrong. <laughs> how how wrong am I? Very, Divide very high. Am I hot or cold? You're very cold. Hot. Or cold, yeah. Wow. Sorry. Okay, Daniel. Uh I'm gonna go twenty five. No, what? I
0: literally told you the answer. It was five. Divide that your $5? answer by ten.
1: Mm-hmm. Man.
2: That's a, that's a bargain. Yo, man. Whew. It's going to be cold up in those upstairs, though. But Hey, for 97 bucks
0: you can sit – or, excuse me, 83 bucks you can sit right behind the bench on the Auburn sideline, um, row one.
2: Is it going to look empty in the student section on Saturday? Oh, for sure. I feel like it – especially behind that scoreboard. I mean, I'll be there. Daniel will be covering it. I don't yes. know. No, Are you going to be at that game?
1: Yeah, I'll be there.
0: I thought you said you weren't going to be.
1: When did I say that?
0: You said that the other day. You were like, "I'm going to go and I'm going to just drive back to Arizona."
1: Why? Like. D- why do you accuse me of lying <laughs> on this show, Daniel?
0: I'm glad you're going to be there. Don't get me wrong, but originally yeah. that was not your. We plan. need
1: all the Auburn family at that game. Yeah, okay. Noah. We need the Auburn jungle. That's about. Also, another thing. Why? Oh, what? Why did we just start like Cadillac Williams? goes out, and they play Welcome to the Jungle. Why haven't we been doing that like every other game? I think because, it was like a
2: 2004 yes. thingy. I think it was like a throwback thingy. Yes. I feel like I think like we get overused a lot, probably. Yeah, like but, Missouri
1: plays that stuff. But the student section's the jungle. For basketball
0: and other sports, not really for football. As football hey, has its own entity.
1: What are we, just the Auburn student section?
0: For football, more or less, yeah, we don't really do anything.
1: Obby gets the crowd well, hyped up. Welcome to the Auburn student
0: section. And with that lovely note, we're going to go ahead and go to our first PSA break of the day. Stick with us. We've got some exciting stuff coming up next. This is the Eagle's Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs
2: Blankenberg. Noel Phillips hanging out. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back into the Eagle's Nest, everybody. I'm Griggs Blankenberg once again hanging out. With us is our co-host, always here with me, Daniel Locke, and joining us is Noah Phillips, co-host of WWEGL and Smooth Operators here at Weagle 91.1 FM. We talked about Auburn football in the last segment, but now it's time to just talk about college football in the general.
0: I kind of want to talk about WWE since Noah and I missed the show last night. I'm just playing. College football. Let's go.
2: WWEGL. Great show, though. Uh Thanks, Tune sir. in if you feel so inclined, and Smooth Operators if you feel so inclined as well.
0: Very good shows, indeed, but... Football. We would be remiss if we didn't get started. Oh no! By don't pointing out don't do it. This very very good college football game that is happening at 2:30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network boo. as the number 11 Penn State Nittany Lions, your Riggs, boo, will be traveling over to beautiful SHI Stadium in Piscataway, New Jersey, for a contest with the severely underrated Rutgers Scarlet Knights. ESPN hates Rutgers. They're giving them a. Let's see. Oh wow. They're only giving them an eight percent chance of winning. Excuse me, which is just absolutely criminal for this very good team. Penn State's a nineteen point favorite. Take Rutgers to cover because Penn State. If is you not feel so inclined, by, yes. Penn State winning by nineteen is just bogus. That's not happening. Over, right,
2: I will say one thing, Daniel. Since we started talking about Rutgers on this show more, or you have really—they've not won a single game. The only game they have won again is against your favorite Big Ten team, the Indiana Hoosiers.
0: My favorite Big Ten football teams: Rutgers Scarlet Knights.
2: Wow. Wow. Ditching the homeland. The
0: homeland?
2: I don't know. I don't think you're The not. homeland?
1: Yeah. Let's move on to the- The homeland's
2: Arizona, Alabama.
1: No, it is not. No. <laughs> Put your hand down. You are not a purple cat. You do not bleed purple and not gold. The purple you're right. Cat. I
0: bleed red just like a normal human. I don't know what y'all got going on down there. Maybe we should check the- Red, water.
2: white, and blue, baby. Here we- <laughs> Um, Saturday, let's get some ranked stuff And Starting at 10 a.m. Central, which is a very odd time, Navy plays- number 20 UCF in the bounce house and down in Orlando, Florida, 16 and a half in favor of the Knights. Why is this game starting at 10 a.m.?
0: Because 11 a.m. Eastern time.
1: Because the Navy boys got to get on uh, their basic training. What? Probably. You're right. Yeah.
2: 11 a.m. on ABC. I think this is kind of a trap game. Uh, Illinois is traveling to Ann Arbor to take on the number three ranked Michigan Wolverines. 18 and a half. For Michigan versus the best defense in the nation stat wise, that's a little generous.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think
2: this could be a very, I think this could be a trap game for the Wolverines. Maybe, I think Illinois could cover, but that's just a trap game, I just feel like. Because Illinois, this Illinois defense, or Illinois defense, I misspoke, is pretty good. They're now number three. They were number one a little while ago. Yards per game, I think they're one of the, averaging one of the least yards in the nation. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is this matchup, according to ESPN stats, is the two best defenses in FBS college football. So
1: forty one over under. It's a little low. Yeah. Plus, uh Michigan's probably gonna be overlooking this game, just a little bit, inching towards their uh, film room to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Mhm. The True. game. And then yeah,
2: this one I don't know, Illinois still fighting for that Big Ten uh West Berth in the championship, so it's going to come down to the wire in that one. Um, try, This is kind of a week for stinker games, really, until we get to the end of it. Uh, TCU-Baylor, I would have said this would be a close game at the end of the year. Vegas thinks it's going to be a close game. TCU's only two-and-a-half-point favorite. I feel like e- TCU's getting disrespected on a national level because of like it is the Big 12. It's a down year for Oklahoma. But I don't know, man. Max Duggan's pretty good. 2,500 passing yards, 25 touchdowns.
0: I think the college football playoff poll respects them.
2: I think they do at number four, but, again, you have to think about it. If TCU wins out, they're going to move up to at least three because Michigan or Ohio State has to lose. That's an abs- That's an actual fact. And then we'll see what happens within the Pac-12. But two and a half versus a six and four Baylor team. I mean, it McLean stadium is pretty hard to play in, but I don't know, two and a half are the number four team in the nation. Um, What else do we got here? It is in Baylor, though. It is in Baylor, yes. yes. I remember. Wake oh, up. Oh, I got one for you. All right. At 1.30 p.m.
0: on NBC slash Peacock, the Boston College Eagles are going to be traveling over to South Bend, Indiana, to take on the number 18 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I think this could be good.
2: I think this is a trap game for the Irish. I really I do. I don't know.
1: 21-point B- favorites here's, for the Irish. Here's
2: why I think that, though. BC went into – Raleigh and took on NC State granted NC State is having a very depleted year now offensively I don't know how they're so ranked they lose Boston College beats them on a last second touchdown and now they're traveling to uh Notre Dame Stadium in uh in South Bend Indiana and with a Notre Dame team kind of riding high still a little bit so don't sleep on the Eagles really because I mean 21 points is a lot but this is a Boston College team that showed they did, they're not giving up versus NC State. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say I don't think Notre Dame covers. However, I think Notre Dame wins. Speaking of a team, I think that will cover 2:30 p.m. on CBS. Number one Georgia traveling to number to actually number nothing now. Kentucky six and four now in the SEC. Line is twenty two and a half in favor of the Bulldogs. Forty nine is the over under. Kentucky's had one, I think the Kentucky collapse has been the worst one this year in college, besides maybe A&M. and m yeah. Kentucky.
0: They're supposed to be a sleeper in the East, but they've just turned into one of the most mid-college football teams I've ever seen.
2: I mean, I was high on Will Levis at the beginning of the year, too. So was everyone. And then I wasn't, just, like, saying he'd be better than Bryce Young, but... Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't really get where that hype came from, but he has not lived up to it. Like, he hasn't had a bad year by any means. Like, you know, 2,000 two yards, 16 touchdowns, only 9 picks. Like, that's not bad, but... That's not, like, lottery pick. Or the NFL didn't have a lottery. But that's not – you get that what would I mean. Be, that would be crazy. You get what I mean, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not top pick good.
2: Yeah, the thing – also like, there's 11 people on offense, not just one person with that. I mean, granted, Will Levs is still pretty good, like you said, but you got to have those people kind of around you. And Kentucky's just not been, that, not been that strong in the East. I mean, granted, they went down to Gainesville and beat Florida, which is pretty impressive, second week of the year. But, yeah, really disappointing if you're a Kentucky fan this year for a team that had pretty high hopes of finishing second or – or third, maybe even challenging Georgia for first in the in the East. This game could have been, if this game would could have gone how it went in the beginning of the year with how the the East was looking, this could have been much more different game. Even though it is still 2:30 game.
0: So I've got two right now that are sticking out at me. All right, um, 4:30 on ESPN, two Georgia Tech at North Carolina, the number 13 ranked North Carolina Tar Heels, mind me. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina is a 21 point favorite, and the over under is 63, and that's just kind of. Where they pick these numbers, I'm not really sure.
2: Well, Carolina's defense is abysmal, but their offense can score. But here's the thing I'll say about UNC: Drake May is playing, having one of the best seasons in college football. Yes, I don't. Brandon Walker, I don't agree with him on a lot of stuff, but I do agree with one thing: if he was wearing a different jersey that was not a North Carolina jersey for football, I think he'd be getting looked at a little bit more for this Heisman race. He's third in the, in the FBS in passing yards with thir- 3,400, tied for first in touchdowns with. Uh, 34 tied for first and then fourth in the nation with a qbr of 88.5 granted i will say they do play in the coastal division but that's which is just not very good but he is carolina's leading passer and rusher and he's keeping the main name alive with his brother luke the north carolina basketball legend up in chapel hill and he went to high school like five minutes from he went to the high school i was zoned for that i didn't go to so i never got to see him play in high school but this kid is really good. He was originally committed to Alabama, then decides to go to UNC. So, I guess kind of kind of glad he didn't go to Alabama now.
1: Who wants to go to Bama? How <laughs> no, are you no. going to get there?
0: That's a good question.
2: But, anyway. This could be a trap game, though. half is a lot. and Georgia Tech's shown to be scrappy this year. I mean, they got nothing to lose for, which is the most dangerous teams you can play.
0: Exactly. Speaking of teams with nothing to lose, number five, Tennessee Volunteers, who have a lot to lose are going over to South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks. A lot to lose. So I could see this being a trap game. or I, Can a trap game be a road game? Because a lot of times you think like you're at home, you get lazy, but I think a trap game can be a road game. I
2: mean, it can. Speaking from experience, Williams, Bryce, Willie B, for a night game it is pretty pretty crazy. I mean, I was there for the Auburn-USC game last year. But this Tennessee team, they going into the playoffs, they need a lot of things to go their way, but think about it. They now have to show that they're one of the best teams by absolutely blowing out, uh, South Carolina out of the water. And then same with Vanderbilt next week because these aren't two tough opponents they got to play. So they have to show their might in these next couple games. They probably have to cover the spread, I think, to but show that they're worthy.
0: I could see South Carolina pulling this upset. I really
2: can. South Carolina's just been weird this year, man. Like, they lose to Arkansas. They lose to Georgia. They play. They beat Kentucky when they're still good. They beat A and M, but then they lose to Missouri at home. Yeah,
0: you just Spencer Rattler just very up
2: and down. And then they get beat down in Florida to thirty eight to six. And then I, I don't know. I think they got two. South Carolina's got two tough games. South Carolina probably has the two hardest games remaining on their schedule at with Tennessee at home, and then going to Clemson. I would agree. But speaking of Clemson, Beamer ball, baby. What?
1: Another team on upset watch is the Clemson, Clemson Tigers as they take on Mario Cristobal in the Miami Hurricanes.
2: Miami needs one more game My, to get
1: in the bowl. They need one more and Clemson, you know, they got South Carolina next week. Like you just said and that's a big rivalry for them. I think they could potentially overlook this game and Mario Cristobal could uh secure his job for a little bit longer with the bowl. He's
2: not he's not getting fired this year.
1: No, no who
0: does Miami play next?
1: They uh, play MSU, right? Yeah. Uh,
2: that'd be Florida, right? I thought it was
1: FSU. No, they already played FSU. Oh yeah, yeah it yeah, is Florida. FSU's playing Florida. We played Clemson and then Pitt. Okay. Oh, I uh, thought. Not me not we. Miami. My bad. Yeah, no, we lost. we uh Miami lost to Florida State forty five to
2: three. It's hard for Miami coming back for losing the middle Tennessee State. Like that, yeah. It's hard to come back after that.
1: Well, you know, I, I really thought coming into the year, Mario Cristobal was going to turn the program around, and we were going to be looking at
2: one it. year, maybe next year. I think that might be a little bit better. But the coastal's so weird, man. They have a different winter like every year.
1: Yeah, plus, but my thing was, you know, Mario was part of the the U back in the nineties, mm. and you know, I thought he was going to return that culture back to Miami, and I was going to be able to hold my head high walking around Auburn with the U. <laughs>
0: All right, so we have four minutes left and four more games to talk about here that are really worth noting. First, 6.30 on the SEC Network, number 14 Ole Miss at Arkansas. What
2: do you guys think here? I think Arkansas is going to win this game. Really? I just, Razorback Stadium, potentially a coach on a certain sideline overlooking the few games remaining for a certain job. I'm not going to name names, but I think Arkansas can do this one because Arkansas still needs one more game to get bowl eligibility. And they're not playing a cupcake at the end of the year. Oh, they actually are. They're playing Missouri on 230 on CBS. So there's that. Um, but, yeah, I think Arkansas could do this one. I have two and a half in favor of the uh, Ole Miss right now. I think they can win this game.
0: Yeah, I um I think Ole Miss loses as well.
2: Now the main game I think about for rivalries this weekend, it's Bedlam. The last Bedlam, according to Mike Gundy, 6.30 p.m. on ABC, number 22 Oklahoma State trials to number – Nothing, Oklahoma, Oklahoma five and five under the first year of Brett Venables. This one's going to be crazy. Bedlam's always crazy like this. It's it's anyone's game. And it's
1: a shame that they're not going to do it anymore because, according to Mike Gundy, Oklahoma's going to the SEC, and they're not going to be able to do it.
2: Six, six over under is sixty six, which is always high for Bedlam. I feel like, but I feel like Oklahoma can do this one. I have them in something. I have we have them for who you got, but I have them in one of my pickems. I think
1: they're they're also minus seven and Thank a half. Reminder.
2: You're welcome. (laughs) A couple more games we got to speed through. Uh, Number seven, USC, taking on number 16, UCLA. Uh, Same thing kind of with Tennessee. USC has got to blow every other team they play out of the water, I think. And then they got UCLA left and then Notre Dame. So they got a good resume boosters at the end, then going to the Pac-12 championship. So they have the road set up for them to get into the playoff. Also, their two um, biggest
1: rivalry games. Mm -hmm. They can do
0: whatever they want this week, but I'm just going to go ahead and say next week, Marcus Freeman – Gonna go out to the West Coast and it's gonna be spoiler.
2: That'd be crazy. They could beat Clemson and that they win more top five games than um what's his name did? Brian Kelly. Yeah. Be crazy. And then last one, um, number ten, Utah, number twelve, Oregon. I think this is for one of the last spots in the big Pac twelve title game. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, that sounds right. I think that sounds right. I'm gonna look at the conference while Daniel, you say something about this game.
0: Absolutely. So obviously Bo Nix, the quote-unquote, chosen one at Auburn that didn't quite work out, going out to the West Coast to take his talents to the Ducks. 219-300 to 300 on the year with 2,775 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 5 picks. If only he could have put up numbers like that at the AU.
2: That would be nice. This one's going to come down to the wire, man. Three teams in the Pac-12 right now are sitting with one loss, USC 7-1, and one, Oregon 6-1. and one. Utah 6-1, and one, and then UCLA 5-2. and two. So USC wins this weekend. They don't play another conference game. They clinch a spot in the Pac-12 title game. And then it most likely will be whoever wins that Oregon-Utah game. And remember last year, Utah played Oregon twice, and Oregon was favored I think in one or two of them, and Oregon got absolutely destroyed in both of them. So, But New Year for the Ducks, so it could be anything.
0: And with that, that is going to end it for our college football talk. When we come back, we've got – one of my personal favorites, college basketball. Still getting ramped up. We've had some great action this Crazy week. games this week. Indeed, from the plains and beyond. So stay tuned for that if you feel so inclined. I think we'll have Noah for 15 more minutes. And, yeah, this is the Eagles Nest. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. And for 15 more minutes, Noah Phillips. So far today, we've had some NBA trash talking. We've talked about Auburn football and college football week twelve. And now we're gonna move on to a lot of people's favorite college
2: basketball. That's how we got our start, or how me and you got our start. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we started the show together. Crazy, Facts. crazy week of college basketball. Starting really on Tuesday when Auburn beat Winthrop eighty nine to sixty five and the Tigers best. Uh, offensive performance of the year so far, scoring 50 points in the second quarter. John Ibroom was the leading scorer, or leading uh, person in this game. 18 points, 13 rebounds, 5 blocks. Picking up right where Walker Kessler really left off on that end. Yeah. And all around, good performance. I mean, Katie Johnson was scoring some points. Zepp scored. Window Green looked incredible once again. He's starting to prove that he's going to be the, the star for the Tigers team this season.
0: Yeah, I think that could definitely be the thing. And I'm excited to keep this team, see them keep improving. The shooting looked better. Um, they shot 39.1% from three, 41.6% from the field. And they still didn't win the
2: turnover battle, but I feel like that's coming. And rebounds, forget about it. Forget about it.
1: Forget about
2: it. Moving on now, some more games. North Carolina continues to kind of struggle out of the gate, beating Gardner-Webb in Chapel Hill 72-66. to North Carolina returns almost all their starters minus Brady Mannix, so this is kind of interesting. They only beat uh, UNCW by 13, but now getting into the feast week tournaments, North Carolina's got the Hoosiers in the Big Ten-ACC Challenge on the 30th of November, and then some of the ACC play starts up. So North Carolina, I wish I was going to this game. That'd but... be crazy. And that's in um, more uh, what is it, Assembly Hall? Yep. Yeah. So North Carolina's got to figure it out quick.
0: Tickets are three hundred dollars.
2: Wow. Uh, probably the game of the night on Tuesday night was in final and double overtime the number four Kentucky Wildcats fall to the Michigan State Wolverine um, oh my goodness I apologize Michigan State Spartans 86 to 77 in Indianapolis uh, Oscar DeShibway, 22 points 18 rebounds four blocks but fouls out late in the first overtime and Michigan State runs away with it in overtime In second the second overtime
0: yeah and I was glad Michigan State won I was definitely rooting for Izzo and the boys.
2: So And then some of the play calling Izzo made at the end of that game. I don't know if you watched the end of that, Daniel. was yeah. incredible from Izzo where they had that baseline. They switched it, threw it down, got the layup. Incredible. Which was gutsy, but it got the job it done. It got the job done. Speaking of another game I was very happy with the results on. Uh, Kansas, number six reigning national champions, defeat the number seven-ranked Duke Blue Devils, handing John Shire his first loss as Duke's head coach. Um, what a game, really, for on the defensive side for Kansas. They were drawing charges all night, getting... Tons of blocks. I think they had at least double-digit blocks. Uh, Yes, they had 13 blocks. My goodness. Four of them came off. They had seven blocks off the bench, too. So this Jayhawks team is picking up right where they left off, Daniel. They look really good. And
0: this game was awesome. I love Kansas. Really don't like Duke. So
2: getting to see the Jayhawks pull out this dub was truly awesome. And my take of last season during the March Madness special was saying Bill Self is the most overrated head coach in college basketball. Continues to uh, nip me in the butt. I'm going to put together a blooper reel for both of us because we've both said
0: some pretty funny things on here.
2: Yeah, people should definitely not listen back to our NFL preview. Very, very cold. If Uh, they feel so inclined not to. Don't don't feel inclined to, please. (laughs) Um,
0: That kind of goes against saying uh, if you feel so inclined.
2: Kind of a shocker, really, on um, uh, Tuesday night. UNLV defeats Dayton 60-52. to 52.
1: Hey, that's Noah's squad. Hey, that's where I almost went to school. One
2: of the best squads in the 80s and 90s. UNLV takes down the Dayton Flyers, who have been around this spot, a good team being a really consistent good team for the past, like I'd say, 10, 15 years. Defeats them in, I think, Vegas. So nice to see them putting
1: up some points. Yeah, I mean, they're running Rebels, man. They can play basketball.
2: And then last night, the Gonzaga Bulldogs Go into Austin, Texas, and get absolutely destroyed by the number eleven ranked Texas Longhorns, ninety-three to seventy-four, beating them by nineteen points. Drew Tammy, eighteen points, nine rebounds. But it's crazy with this Gonzaga team when they play teams that don't have a two thousand admitted students.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. So they had to go into a really hostile environment and play a very good Texas team, and look what happened. Shout out
1: to Texas too, for really building that environment up down there in Austin. You know, they've done a great job of uh, building up their basketball program and doing stuff like that.
2: Um, Auburn's opponent for Friday night, uh Houston, uh Texas Southern falls to the Houston Cougars, eighty three to forty eight. Yikes. But still Auburn's still gonna it's still gonna be a good game, I hope. We gotta watch out for Zyterius Mortal, though. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at other games from last night, Tennessee beats Florida Gulf Coast, Michigan beats Pittsburgh, any top 25 games tonight, um, Texas A&M takes on Murray State, Murray State loses basically their entire team from last year going to LSU now with, uh, Matt McMahon.
0: Hey, we have one really good game here that we completely skipped
2: over. Last night? Yes. I was only looking at the top 25.
0: Well, this is good, I promise. Canisius hosted Cleveland State and beat them 58-57 in overtime.
2: That's who? Crazy. Where's Canis? Oh, what is that other school from? Um, well, not Cleveland see. State, the other one. Yeah,
0: I feel you. Canisius Golden Griffins. What a name! The Canisius Golden Griffins play in. Uh, they're in the MAC.
2: They're uh, in the MAC. They. Oh wait, no, no, no. It's MWC. I was about to say, I'm like, I've never heard oh, of them on you, MAC. You yet. guys talk. I'll, I'll try, try um, I got something.
1: I would here. just like to say who.
2: Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, talk. I'll tell you. Uh, in a TCU plays UNM on road tonight. TCU kind of struggled out the gate, really a lot. Already two and one on the okay, year. Okay, all right, we're ready. We're all ready. right, let's hear it.
0: <laughs> so this is awesome. Just hear all this out. The Canisius Golden Griffins men's basketball team, or the Griffs, represent Canisius College in Buffalo, New York. Canisius is a member of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference and play their home games at the Caseller Center. Their head coach is Reggie Witherspoon. And guess what their mascot's named? Peter Griffin.
2: Like Peter Griffin. Corner three. I've seen that. I've watched oh, yeah. that clip because someone, I think our good friend Adam Cole, who was on the show last week, tweeted out when Auburn's basketball game, Peter Griffin voiced corner three once Auburn started shooting well. <laughs> yeah. On Tuesday night, and I've watched that clip of Peter Griffin shooting corner three like three or four times. Um, other <laughs> games tonight, Michigan. Taking on Arizona State, taking on former Auburn player Devin Cambridge, who we found out breaking news last semester he was transferring. On the that was that was an Eagles Nest exclusive, Daniel. Yeah, Good we were time.
0: probably some of the first people to talk about that.
2: So incredible that. And then Friday again we talk about Auburn faces Texas Southern in basketball. That'll be at Neville Arena, at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus slash SEC Network Plus. If you're
0: not at the Nev on Friday night, what are you doing?
2: This be this be one of the best games to get in, I think, Daniel, because with ticket prices and students going home then also, an interesting game, I think. The number 12-ranked Indiana Hoosiers take on the Xavier Musketeers out of the Big East on Friday night. A lot of hyped-up talk going into Mike Woodson's squad this year. So, yeah, I think that could be a really interesting game, especially since the is one of the better group of five teams.
0: You know how we've kind of been following Rutgers this football season? What? Uh, I just put Canisius on my favorite teams list on ESPN, so we're going to check up on them every Thursday morning.
2: Are they still going to be a program? Did, yes. Are, are they D one? Yes. Wow. Okay. So They're they were in the
0: Metro Atlantic or whatever.
2: Um, traveling on now to Vegas, the number sixteen ranked Virginia, um, Cavaliers take on the number five ranked Baylor Bears. First game for Virginia back since that awful tragedy that occurred on I believe Sunday night, where three Virginia football players were shot and killed, a few others injured. Indiana or Virginia already canceled one basketball game on I think Tuesday night, and then. They canceled their football game this Saturday against Coastal Carolina. So our thoughts and prayers to the entire Virginia community. But I think like they're going to be playing for a lot in this game, and they're playing a very good Baylor team. So this could be a very very good game to watch.
0: I agree, and this is just one of those where it's like you know the whole um, Cavalier fan base is going to be tuned in, and they're going to be hyped up to play for them and for their teammates, or not teammates directly, but you know student athletes. So. I'm I'm excited and I think everyone's gonna be rooting for the Cavs in this one.
2: Yeah, I don't cheer for Virginia often, but I'm gonna cheer for them tonight. I feel like they they're playing for more yeah. than themselves in this one. Um Delaware playing Duke. I think Duke's gonna destroy them after losing to Kansas.
0: Hey, never count out the alma mater of the forty sixth president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. Is his middle name actually R. How do you know
1: that?
2: Because I read I'm not
1: saying you We don't. got a reader. <laughs> Nerd, nerd. <laughs> I'm <kidding. laughs>
2: um, other, I'm not really. Uh, Jacksonville State's playing Alabama, so uh, Alabama juniors playing Alabama tonight. I think that's is that the right joke? Is that did yes. I get that correct? No, okay. but
0: last year, um, JD Davison scored zero points against Jacksonville State, and Alabama beat him by like less than five.
2: Yeah, you know where who JD Davison also scored against zero points to? Auburn. That is correct.
0: <laughs> and the Atlanta Hawks last night because he's he's on actually the not he's not a G League. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries at the guard position, oh. so he got called. Out. I I dislike it more than anyone. But mm.
1: you know what's funny about that? What? What? Me and J D Davidson played in the played the same division of Alabama State basketball. Two a We were two wins away from having to play his team in the state
2: championship. You would have been the J D Davidson stopper.
1: Exactly. I would have just got out there and just like. Fouled out. You know, them.
0: your tweet last year was so funny when someone was saying, like, oh, he quit from playing 2A basketball to the SEC, cut him some slack. And you're like, I play 2A basketball too. It's not that different. And I was like,
2: yes, sir. It's, a, hey, like it's
1: a basically the same thing, man. Basically. Um, basically.
2: Um, number 19, Illinois, playing number 8, UCLA in Las Vegas. Well, that Las Vegas, the main event, whatever they're calling it, it's got some really, really good matchups. They got the Virginia Baylor game and then the Illinois UCLA game. And I think this could be a really, really – both 3-0. Illinois lost um, Kofi Coburn last year, but then UCLA returns most of their players, and Mick Cronin's a pretty good coach. So watch out for that one. And then what do we got Sat- – oh, Saturday, just Dayton playing Robert Morris. Sunday we got a big game, one of the biggest games of the year so far. Number four, Kentucky, taking on number two, Gonzaga. Both teams lost recently, taking them on in Spokane, Washington, because Coach Cal uh, was afraid to play at the Kennel. So – didn't want to play against two thousand in front of two thousand or five thousand people, whatever it was, but that's gonna be an interesting game. Both teams that struggled in their openers. Kentucky just was so careless with the ball, had a lot of turnovers versus Kansas. So
0: yeah, that they looked sloppy.
2: But then this is a Kansas team that that got beat down versus Texas. So
0: ooh, there's a very good game on Sunday.
2: Indiana versus Miami, Ohio.
0: Well, no, oh.
2: um, the Boston University,
0: uh, I can't remember, the, uh, Terriers going up to New Hampshire to take on the University of New Hampshire Wildcats. This one is at noon on ESPN+. Plus, and I'm excited for it because I love the New England region
2: and I love college basketball. So why wouldn't I watch this game? right before we? Go- <laughs> right before we go to break, Dana, what is one team that's kind of surprised you out of the gate so far?
0: Well, if you want me to like be for real and not joke about it, I'm yeah. just going to have to say Michigan State. Because, you know, it's not easy
2: to upset Kentucky. And then they played Gonzaga pretty close in the aircraft carrier game, too. They only lost by one. One team that surprised me so far is Louisville. 0-3. They lost every single game by one point. Guess who just lost ESPN? What? I just lost ESPN at 1044. Now you're going to jinx me, too. But, yeah, Louisville, not good. Loses to Bellarmine, one other school, and then App State. So, not looking good. Shout out App State, my boy Donovan Gregory, though, getting the job done at the Yum Center, leading scorer for the App State Mountaineers. But with that... We're going to go to a break. I think this is the last time we'll see Noah. Thank you, Noah, again for coming on. We'll see you tomorrow for Smooth Operators at 1 p.m. on Weagle 91.1 FM. When we come back, we're talking about the world of NBA, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about the Celtics game last night. So stay – Probably. Stick around. This is the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: Welcome back into the Eagles. That's here on WeGo91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. Unfortunately, Noah Phillips had to hit the road, and my ESPN.com uh, did the same thing.
2: So, it might still work. Do you want me to run through the standings real quickly?
0: Uh, I'll just pull it up, but yeah, go for it.
2: Number one, let's get it started now. We'll talk about them in a second, but first place in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics. They're on an eight-game winning streak, 9 in their last 10, they are 9-1, beat the Hawks last night. Daniel's there. First ever win. You've seen them win in t- person, Daniel? Yeah. The streak is over.
0: Yes, finally.
2: Uh, second place is the Milwaukee Bucks at 11-3, and a half game behind the Celtics. Played one less game than the Celtics so far. Uh, third and fourth are the Hawks and the Cavs. Fifth is the Raptors. Sixth, Pacers, now getting in the play-in tournament. Wizards at 7, Knicks at 8, 76ers 9, Heat 10 and then Bulls, Nets, Magic, Hornets and Pistons round out the bottom five teams.
0: This has been one of the most fun NBA seasons so far that I've experienced and I'm not just saying that because my team's good. I'm just like the Pelicans being the fifth seed in the West, like come on. It's just it doesn't get much better than this.
2: The East is so weird cuz I feel like every single year like besides like maybe Orlando, Detroit and Charlotte, like all these teams just like it just gets Mangled up, but it's always the same teams in the playoffs. It's just order hey, changes.
0: Hey, your boys do good sometimes.
2: We're in the playing term. That ten spot basically has reserved for the Hornets right next to it. Usually,
0: I think they can get there.
2: It's going to be hard. Four and twelve right now.
0: Is Mello playing yet?
2: He is. He played the last couple games, Sweet. and then he uh, uh, rolled his ankle last night, dang, going for a ball out of bounds. So someone made a funny tweet. Like he's like, I have the Mello uh, Puma shoes. They have a lot of great art. Uh, they have a lot of great like heel support, but not a lot of great like ankle support. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny. Um, here's Puma? Yeah, all right. He's actually got some pretty nice shoes I do actually. That. Um, Western Conference now number one, still number one. We've talked about them a lot in the show, but the Portland Trailblazers have a season, man. Good, good for Damian Lillard sticking around, taking the taking the hard road, taking the high road. Ten and four, leading the Western Conference, followed by the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets at nine and five. Jazz. At fourth, which is actually kind of incredible after trading trading away their two franchise pieces and then acquiring a lot of stuff, Auburn man Walker-Kessler on the Jazz. Having a pretty good season so far, but no one I – I know, Daniel, I, know, I did not think the Jazz were going to be in a playoff position, let alone fourth.
0: Yeah, I didn't either, but I'm happy to see it. And kind of speaking of another team in the West that's not doing good, look at the L.A. Lakers. What a joke.
2: What a joke. Fifth place, as Daniel said earlier, the New Orleans Pelicans – Sixth, Memphis Grizzlies now getting in the playing tournament. It's Maverick's seven, Kings eight. That's kind of shocking. Nine is the Clippers, shocking in a different way. And then ten are the Timberwolves, followed by the Thunder, Warriors, Spurs, Lakers, and Rockets. Dan, if you show me those uh those not not Houston, but if you show me those four Thunder, Warriors, Spurs, Lakers in the bottom five in let's say the mid twenty fifteens, I'd think you're crazy.
0: Yeah, and you would be right to assume.
2: Because think about, it, like, the story teams like the Spurs and the Lakers. I mean, the Spurs did not miss the playoffs a single year in Tim Duncan's career. No. That's 20 years. And Greg Popovich is probably going to go down as one of the best coaches in NBA history.
0: Which is very, very valid.
2: But, yeah, the bottom, like, it's kind of like the Warriors thing. I can't remember who brought it up. I think it was one of the guys on ESPN. And it's, like, like not speaking of Steph. Steph really avoided a major injury throughout his career. But, like, Clay and Draymond, it's, like, it's getting to the point where, like, they're getting – pretty I think I was actually one of the TNT guys getting pretty old now. It's yeah they are hard for them to sustain success they had in the early two thousands. Which made happened in
0: June just that much more frustrating.
2: I mean I give credit to Clay. I mean he came back from a torn ACL and then a torn Achilles which I would never be able to do.
0: No, that that's the kind of thing like those those are two of the injuries with the highest like career-ending rate. So the fact that he had both of them and was able to come back is insane. Yeah,
2: and to be able to come back like that is just, inc- and then win the title is just incredible that yeah. way. But now people are wanting Jordan Poole to start, and Jordan Poole's giving him a lot of good points to make that case for him to enter the starting lineup. But then you got to remove one of your core pe- – one of the Splash Brothers from the 2015 eras. So – Changing on the guard maybe around there, um, the Clippers, sure. number nine. This is the team that shocks me a little bit because going into the year, this is a lot of people's sleeper pick to win the West. You got Paul George, who's healthy. Kawhi went Leonard, who I think is still healthy. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Yes, he is.
2: He's still healthy, which a team with those two superstars should not be right there. And then speaking of teams with superstars, the Lakers, 3-10. and 10. LeBron James has a worse record than the Charlotte Hornets by two games.
0: Which is great. Go Hornets.
2: Go They're only six and a half games out of first, though, which shows it's still pretty early. But we can assume a lot of things early, right? We're we able, definitely can. We're not unbiased. We're 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 not. We've never proven ourselves to be unbiased here on the Eagles Nest.
0: No, but just kind of diving into this Lakers thing a little bit. There's just a couple things I want to talk about. All right, 26th in points per game, 11 for rebounds per game. Not not too bad there. 22nd in assists per game, and um, 21st in opponents' points per game. Fourteenth in the Western Conference, three and ten on the year. I love it. This is great. You're not gonna hear me complain about. You this. hate to
2: see it though. You hate to see it. Who does? I'm kidding. I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I don't mind. I don't mind. I I like the Lakers a little bit in the 2010 era. Kobe. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, they were a lot more likable back. then. I got like a build a bear with the Lakers thing. I started cheering for them. I was a, I was a fan, Laker. I was cheering for the Lakers the last time. Yeah, I'm not counting the 2020 title. I was a Lakers fan the last time they or cheering for the Lakers the last time they won a real title. Um, let's go to the stats real quick, looking at the league-leading stuff. Luka Doncic scoring 34 and a half, 34.4 points a game. He's first, followed by Steph Curry, 32.8. Joel Embiid in third, along with Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. He's having one of the best seasons in the NBA that people are finally starting to take notice on. 32.3 points a game. And then Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, 31.1. But just imagining a player scoring 30 or more points a game is just kind of crazy to my brain. Yep. Like this guy's, casually dropping thirty a night, and like teams like St- Steph dropped fifty last night and they lost.
0: Right, which think, is kind of sad for him a little bit, but at the same time, I'm not really losing any sleep over it. I
2: mean, I like Steph. He's probably one of my favorite players in the NBA, but he's okay. It's sad. My, hope, hey Steph, Golden State's on the decline. Why don't you come finish your career in your hometown? Yeah. Uh, why, do why don't that. you do that? Be a, yeah. Get Steph Curry and women yawn on the same team. Make wonders happen. Your dad can call your game, Steph. That'd be cool. Uh, Assists leading Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers, 10.4 assists a game, followed by my guy Chris Paul in second, 9.4. The bald guy, Trey Young, third, 9.3. Nikolai Jokic in fourth, 8.9. And Mike Conley, wow, been a long time since I said his name, in fifth with 8.1.
0: Yeah. I haven't thought about Mike Conley much since those uh, mid twenty tens days with the Grizzlies. But
2: was, those no. I think of Mike Conley in the same regard. I think of like Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics. Like once they left those two teams, I've never really heard their names since then.
0: Yeah, it's just kinda one of those like things that it's just one of those eras in NBA mm-hmm. for them. it's just kinda like, Yeah, I mean that was the thing that happened, but you know, it just kind of isn't really relevant today.
2: And a shock to no one leading the league in three pointers made is Steph Curry, five, five point ones threes a game, followed in second, one whole one whole free throw but uh one whole three pointer behind Curry, Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavs. We've said this every show, I think we've talked about it, but It's still weird to say that. It is. Uh four point one, Buddy Hield four, Anfrey Simmons three point nine and Kevin Herter three point eight. And then defense, uh Gobert twelve point five rebounds a game. eleven point eight for Giannis eleven point six for Clint Capella. Jared Allen eleven point five and Nikolai Vukovic at eleven point four. It is a other D. De- Kevin Durant's fourth in the league in blocks. Yes, that's crazy to think about. <laughs> it is. But speaking of things, we have to talk about the Nets. Yeah, let's do it. That's just how. I mean, I grant Kyrie's not playing right now, but how? I mean, because the toxic culture it's, just is it's, overflowing. It's the Ben Simmons effect. Y- sure. And then the Kyrie effect. He's not there yes. right now, but. You give up 153 points to the Kings? <laughs> yep. How? You give up 42 points in the third quarter. The Kings are good. The the Kings are kind of <laughs> the fans are starting the Kings fans are start, finally starting to come out of hiding like, "Wait, we can. it's actually okay to be a Kings fan in public now." I just that's one of those teams where it's like I know you and your roommate Ethan, who's also a member of Weagle was talking about that the other day. He talked to me about it. It's just you don't really see their fans ever.
0: No. Um when you I can think of one time in the last two years where I've watched a King Kings game, is because the Celtics were in town and there was a lot of green in those stands. And I didn't see much purple or black.
2: I mean, I will say something about Sacramento. Like I do see their jerseys sometimes, mainly just because some of the like, the Kentucky fans will have like yeah, yeah. the Deer and Fox jersey or whatnot. But I just the NBA has been weird this year. It's not how it usually is at the top, and which is good. You like to see change a lot of times. Like that's why I like the NBA, NFL a lot because it's never really the same couple teams. Yeah, at I the agree. top and the East is usually the same at the top this year, but the West is just so jumbled up. If you show me those top three in the Western Conference in like twenty twelve, I think you'd be showing me a two K simulation. Right. Just it's a good time for basketball right now, college and pro. Like it's. NFL and college football is winding down with, to the point where now I'll actually start paying attention to, college, uh, to basketball. Granted, the Hornets are absolutely terrible. And
0: maybe this is just because the teams I like in basketball are good and the teams I like in football are not. But I'm just really – basketball has been such a nice breath of fresh air.
2: Auburn's, Auburn basketball and then Manchester United has been my breath of fresh air, really, because my, my pro teams are struggling a little bit. Well, no, hey, like
0: half of them are good, half of them are bad. Hey,
2: but those black jerseys last Thursday night looked pretty sick.
0: The, the Panthers. Uh, Panthers. Yeah, they look good.
2: We won that game actually. I can't believe it. It's like we're trying to get the eighth pick. <laughs> but yeah, that is going to do it for our NBA talk. A little early, but when we come back, it's time for everyone's favorite here on the Eagles Nest. The NFL, NFL is king. When we return from our PSA break, we got the second hour show. Don't miss it. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest
0: here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. In a minute, he had to to run an errand real quick. He'll be right back. This kind of feels like fall of 2021 again. Just me on the Eagles Nest, but not for long. So we're going to get into the NFL, the National Football League, where both Griggs and I's teams are kind of struggling. And, yeah, not a good year for the Saints, not a good year for the Panthers to this point. But we'll see if that kind of changes or stays the same. I highly doubt it's going to change. But we're just going to run through some standings here. Starting in the AFC and the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins lead the way with a 7-3 and record. And then next um, tied for second are the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills, both having a 6-3 and record. And then in fourth place, my second favorite NFL team, the New England Patriots, with a record of 5-4. and Moving over to the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens lead the way with a record of 6-3. and three. The Cincinnati Bengals are in second place with a record of 5-4. and four. Then tied for third, or I guess you could say tied for last, the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers both with a record of 3-6. and six. Now moving over to the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans lead the way there with a record of 6-3. and three. The Indianapolis Colts are in second with a record of 4 wins, 5 losses, and 1 tie. Then the Jacksonville Jaguars are in third with a record of three and seven, and then in fourth the Houston Texans with a record of one seven and one. As Griggs Blankenberg enters the studio, moving over to the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs lead the way with a record of seven and two. The Los Angeles Chargers are in second with a record of five and four. The Denver Broncos are in third with a record of three and six, and then bringing up the back there is the Las Vegas Raiders with a record of two and seven. Now moving over to the NFC East is the Philadelphia Eagles leading the way with a record of eight and one. Their one loss being to the Vikings, I believe. Then the New York Giants are in second and seven and two, which is crazy to say that both New York City area football teams are good. Wait, wait, wait. wait. The Eagles lost to the Commanders. Oh yeah, that's my fault, my fault. In uh, third place in that division is the Dallas Cowboys with a record of six and three. And then, in fourth, the 500 Washington Commanders, who own a win over the Philadelphia Eagles, are next. As our friend Connor would
2: say, left hand up. Uh, who are yeah, we? something like that. The Commanders. Ew.
0: Hmm. That, that's bad. Okay, that's a conversation for another day. In the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings lead the way with a record of 8-1. and one. Then the rest of this division is pretty bad, as the Green Bay Packers are 4 and six. The Detroit Lions are three and six, and the Chicago Bears are three and seven. Speaking of bad divisions, now, yeah, this is the worst one in the NFL. The um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead the way with a record of five and five. The Atlanta Falcons are next, four and six. Then the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers are bringing up the back with records of three and seven. The Panthers possessing the tiebreaker. Then the last division, this one has been a surprise to say the least this year. The Seattle Seahawks are six and four, first place. Second place, um, San Francisco Forty Nine ers five and four. Third place, uh, Arizona Cardinals four and six, and fourth place, L A Rams three and six.
2: Yeah, um, looking back now a little bit, the A F C everything's kind of really coming into place, except the A F C East, which it's pretty weird. Our two picks to win the A F C East are now in third and fourth. So true. Who would have thought the Miami Dolphins? Unbelievable. And then going down the list more, I mean, some of these divisions seem pretty much wrapped up. Like the AFC South, 6-3, and three, and then the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. which Shout out to Jeff Saturday. He got so much slack in the media and then comes out and beats the Raiders. Credit to him on that one. Um, and then the, every, the division everyone thought would be the most competitive would be the AFC West. Turns out it's just, hey, the Chiefs are still pretty good. Yeah, so I'm
0: going to fly through some of the Week 10 scores, and we'll get into Week 11. On Thursday night football, Griggs, Carolina Panthers, knocked off the Atlanta Falcons 25-15. Moving on to Sunday, the Buccaneers beat the Seahawks 21-16 over in Munich, Germany. The Vikings topped the Buffalo Bills 33-30. My Saints lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 20-10. to The Lions beat the Bears 31-30. to The Broncos were not able to beat the Titans. They lost 17-10. The Dolphins beat the Browns, 39-17. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars, 27-17. The Giants beat the Texans, 24-16. Ooh, five more. The Colts beat the Raiders, 25-20. The Packers were able to upset the Cowboys, 31-28. The Cardinals really did a good job against the Rams, 27-17. The Niners beat the Chargers, 22-16. And the round off the week on Monday Night Football... The Washington Commanders had that very impressive late-game win over the Philadelphia Eagles. The haters can't stand us, left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders.
2: I am going to politely ask you to never say that on this show ever again. Just... All right, That's that was just a surprise. I mean, the Commanders, the last couple years, it's, there's been only one undefeated team left in the NFL. The Commanders might own the state of Pennsylvania. Because they beat the Steelers in 2020, which that Steelers team was the worst 11-0 and team of all time. Yes. That was a unbelievable. And then the Eagles have kind of gotten away easy this year. I mean, the only really hard team I'd say they've played and beaten so far, the Vikings. I'd mm-hmm. say that's it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but not had to prove themselves too, too, too much. Now, once they get into the heart of their NFC Beast schedule, they change a little bit. Yeah. Moving on now to this week, however, tonight, seven fifteen on prime video, the Titans travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers, minus three and points in favor of the Green Bay Packers. I could see the Packers winning again. I could too. If Derrick Henry can't get up and running for the Titans, it could be a hard day because they're not letting they're not letting Tannehill throw, and they're definitely not letting Malik Willis throw right now. Yeah.
0: So it all comes down to that rush defense.
2: Um Sunday, the 20th of November, the Bears take on the Falcons Falcons at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta, Georgia, Falcons are a three-point favorite in this one. Justin Fields quietly has been improving a lot since last season now.
0: I agree, and I'm interested to see if he can kind of continue the success and go down to Atlanta and pull off a win. Also on Sunday at noon, the Los Angeles Rams traveling over to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Saints. I was thinking about going to this game before I realized that driving five hours for the Saints is just not worth my time, so I'm not going.
2: I drive six or seven hours every time I want to see the Panthers, kind of. Technically, I only drive 30 minutes once I get to North Carolina. Okay, yeah, yeah. But technically, I have to travel seven hours to get there now.
0: I mean, I see what you're saying. However, I don't think I necessarily agree.
2: It's both the same product on the field right now. Would you would you That agree? I'll agree with. Me. Yes. Um... Eagles-Colts at 12 on CBS. Um, I think this Eagles are, <laughs> the Eagles are going to come for revenge for, for that Monday night loss. Yeah, the Eagles are going to win. Um, Panthers-Ravens this Sunday at 12 p.m. on Fox in uh, Baltimore. Ravens are a 13-point favorite. I think that's the largest spread of the week, and I am correct. It's the largest spread of the week by, I think, around five points. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Panthers aren't good. Lamar Jackson, very good. Um, in a game that could potentially have three to six feet of snow and a potential for a thunder snow, the Browns are taking on the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park, New York, at 12 p.m. on CBS. Line is set at Buffalo, minus eight, and the over-under is 42, which we I think we could see a significant drop in that if the forecast keeps up.
0: Yeah, that's something. I.
2: The thunder man.
0: Gosh, I can't even – there's a reason my favorite NFL team plays inside. Like, that's –
2: yeah. Three to six feet after the win thing they had to deal with. You remember that game? Yes. That was unbelievable. I watched, like, the whole thing, and I had Josh Allen as as my quarterback, which pained me to watch. Wait, no. I was playing against Josh Allen, and he threw, like, three passes. It was enough to beat me. I was very sad because I missed the playoffs because of that game. But, yeah, that could be a really interesting one. I mean, I think this is the last week without Deshaun Watson, I think. He's already practicing with the team, I think, now. So could be interesting down the stretch in that term.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how big of an impact that makes.
2: Uh, Lions-Giants, 12 p.m. on Fox. Giants, three-point favorite. Yeah, I'm going with I Giants. I think only three points at home, really?
0: Yeah, the, the Giants to cover is easy money if you're so inclined.
2: Yeah, um, Commanders, Texans, you. Um, I'll take the Commanders. Yeah, me too. Oh, this is a terrible game. Three o five. Why is this the prime time? One of the prime games, Raiders versus Broncos. Jesus. In Denver, minus three in favor of Denver. Forty. How
0: many prime time games is after Broncos this year? This has got to be like right, five.
2: I won't call like the midday games prime time, or like the three o five games. But if you count them, it's got to be almost all of them. I think. Man, the Raiders are continuing to just—I think in our Super Bowl preview, I said the Chiefs would win that division, but I'm like, watch out for the Raiders because I'm like, after all the stuff Derek Carr went through last year, made the playoffs and all that stuff, I'm like, you got to be kidding me! You have a better receiving core this year, and now—yeah, Josh McDaniels should. This is the this is the bowl for which head coach is going to be fired first, Nathaniel Hackett or Josh McDaniels? But Josh McDaniels would just walk right back into New England, I think. I think so too. Three offensive coordinators. Never been done before. I think Ethan would cry. Probably. Uh, Cowboys-Vikings is one of our Who You Got games later on. This one could be very, very interesting. Dallas is the favorite on the road in Minneapolis against the best team in the NFC record-wise right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not taking that.
2: What what does Vegas know that we don't? Granted, it's not the new Nightmare Kurt Cousins, but... Giving Dallas a point and a half on the road? Yeah. I don't see where they... Where they take that from, especially after they just went into Buffalo and beat the Bills.
0: Yeah, that's bad.
2: That might be if-you-feel-so-inclined game for me. Yeah. Um, Bengals-Steelers, um, minus four in favor of the Bengals. I mean, I'm going to have to take the Bengals, I guess. I mean, Steelers are abysmal.
0: Yeah, Bengals.
2: Um, one of our also-who-you-got games, probably one of the better games this week, Chiefs versus Chargers in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Chiefs are a six-point favorite. Um, Chiefs, we've already said this on the show, still pretty good, I'd say. Uh, Tyreek Hill leaving didn't affect them too, too, too much. But I don't know. I think the Justin Herbert hype's still a little bit too much. And they are dealing with so many injuries. So I think everyone could see which way I'm leaning on that one. Yeah, I'm the same way. And then finally, one of our also Who You Got games, seven fifteen on ESPN Monday Night Football. The 49ers are taking on the Cardinals in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City, one of the coolest stadiums in all the world. Line is set at San Francisco is an eight-point favorite. 43-and-a-half is the over-under. Which is a little much, I
0: think. Um, I think the Niners win, I don't
2: think, by eight, though. I agree with that. That's one of our Who You Got games. Well, So we got that done now. No, you're good. You're fine. But the thing I want to bring up also is, what?
0: Yeah. Not, none.
2: Uh, Colt McCoy. Won a game for the Cardinals. Yes. I feel like Colt McCoy is like one every, at least one game a year. He's got a, a good game where he can do that at. Like he'll win one game a year. Then if he starts more after that, he won't win a single game. Yeah, I that, agree. That's coming from someone in the first segment saying I liked Colt McCoy when he was with Texas. So I've always been following his career. So. There's a good one to that one. Any closing thoughts, really, Dan, You know, before we get a break? It's almost over. Thank God. No more NFL for a while. That's what I need.
0: NFL's king, though. Maybe you're king.
2: Yes, but that is going to do it for NFL Talk. When we come back, we're talking about the world of the National Hockey League. Talking a little bit of that hockey with the boys, eh? But don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. We've had a pretty loaded show today. We've gone through Auburn football, college basketball, um, and college football, um, NBA, NFL, and now NHL. So, Griggs, you
2: want to hit those standings? Let's hit the standings. Let's go. Starting off in the Eastern Conference at the top of the Atlantic and the top of the NHL. Yes, they are now the top of the NHL. Are the Boston Bruins with 28 points, a record of 14 and two, with a 30 plus 30 goal differential? That the, the bees have really turned around there, Daniel. After the first game of the year, where they did win, but they gave up a lot of goals.
0: They have, and the defense um, I thought it was going to be a weakness pretty early because um, we literally lost game seven to five. But I mean, they look really good, and this is the best I can rem- remember the Bruins looking since. Well, they were on pace to be really good in 2020, and they won the President's Cup in 2019, but I honestly think that this team is better than both of those teams.
2: I agree with that. This this Bruins team's been incredible. They've not shown me a reason why not to pick against them yet this year. They're really successful scoring on the offensive end and now starting to do really well on the defensive end. They've given up the fewest amount of goals in the NHL except for, I think, the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, they've Give them the least amount of goals besides the Winnipeg Jets, so they're doing something right. A Win streak of four, nine in one of their last ten games. So yeah, I mean they're nine and zero at home. They're the only team not to lose at home yet. So you got that going for you.
0: Yeah, and the one thing I'm, excuse me, I'm kind of concerned about is just the age of the team. I'm kind of scared, like down the stretch, that might not really bode well for them. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean if they keep up this kind of, like, stretch they got going on right now for a little bit longer, it's going to be harder and harder for teams like the Leafs, Panthers, and Lightning to catch up.
0: Yeah, so I hope they keep getting all the points they can. I don't know if I want the President's Trophy or not because that's more often than not doesn't really – the team with that doesn't do great in the playoffs. But whatever, man. Just keep winning, keep getting there, and let's see if we can get uh, a banner number seven in 2022. 3 2023.
2: Indeed. uh, I already said it kind of, but the Leafs are in second, Panthers third, Lightning fourth, and then the Red Wings are in fifth there. And the Canadians are p- playing pretty decent this year. At the bottom of that division, though, are the Sabres and the Senators, which, again, the Sabres still continue to shock me with some of the big names they have in their team. They're that far down. Kind of sounds like a team I cheer for. So, <laughs> um, The Metropolitan Division, the New Jersey Devils, who would have thought? Not me. Not Not me either. Insert meme Paul Rudd on uh, the wing show. I forgot what it's called. Hot ones. Uh, the Devils are 13-3, 26 points, followed by the New York Islanders. Kind of a little bit of a resurgence back to the 2021 days. 11-6, 22 points. And then third place, dropping all the way from the top, 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. You hate to see it, air quotes. The Carolina Hurricanes.
0: Yeah, I I can't stand Hurricanes.
2: Can't either. The Rangers are in 5th, 19 points. Flyers, 17, 6. Then Capitals, Penguins, Blue Jackets to round out the bottom. Moving on to the Central Division now, we have the Dallas Stars leading the way in the Central, 20 points, 9, 5, and 2. Followed by the Winnipeg Jets in 2nd, Avalanche 3rd, Wild 4th, Predators 5th, Blackhawks 6th, and then Blues 7th, Coyotes 8th. Coyotes sir. Have you seen the clips of them playing in their new home? I mean, for a college hockey team, it's kind of it's kind of it's really nice. It's really cool. But yeah, it's nice. But, but then for an just, NHL team, yeah, it's abysmal. They could be like the third smallest, like Can Canadian, like youth league stadium or something like that. So that's kind of funny. I laughed yeah. at that. Who would have thought Arizona State hockey? Is it they actually play D one hockey in Arizona State? I don't know how hockey works in. The, NCAA. To
0: be honest with you, I don't really either. It's very confusing. It's not like what we see in football, basketball, or even baseball.
2: Um, I know like a lot of the Big Ten does it, but like, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. name like I know like Denver does too. But, like that's about all I can.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of schools like up in the Northeast and Northwest, just the Midwest, um, that you see not really have a lot of D one sports. Tend to nev D one hockey, but Arizona State. I can't see why they would have that really nice facility if they didn't have a team. That's what I said. That's so what I'm, I'm guessing saying. they do. I mean, I'll I'll look that up if you want to keep going with the standings.
2: Yeah. That's an interesting. Let's I want to see, get to the bottom of that. Um moving on now to the Pacific, uh the Vegas Golden Knights are at 26-13 and 4 on the year. 26 points, first in the Pacific, followed by the Kings and second at 23, Kraken in third with 19 and the Edmonton Oilers in fourth with 18 points, followed by the Flames, Sharks, Canucks. And the Anaheim Ducks, Daniel. Okay. It looks like he's got an answer for us.
0: So I do. The Arizona State Sun Devils men's ice hockey team. They are D one, but they are independent. And just listen to this. Yeah, I'm
2: pretty sure the Pac-12
0: really is not too big on hockey. No. <laughs> Greg Powers, eighth season in Tempe, 90 wins, 119 losses, 18 overtime losses. Okay, that is a 436 percentage. So, based off the fact that they've had a coach for eight years who was below 500, there's, I guess, there's not a lot of pressure to succeed.
2: I'm looking up some of these names right now. I'm hearing a lot of the, the schools names. I'm looking at the rankings for a lot of the schools. I'm hearing a lot of these from like um, Miracle, the Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, Denver in first, with, with astounding with 44 first place votes. Minnesota, Michigan, St. Cloud, Quinnipiac, Quinep, uh, uh, Penn State, Connecticut, Minnesota State, Providence, Harvard, Boston, Ohio State, UMass Lowell. Shout out your uh, cousin's team. We we Indeed. called a game for them. Uh, Western Michigan, Merrimack, UMass, Michigan State, Northeastern, North Dakota, and Notre Dame. So you,
0: you know who went to Merrimack?
2: Who did? My roommate's dad. Uh, but yeah, kind of what you were saying is right. It's mainly just those northeast schools, most of the Big Ten, and then a few just teams that are here and there, like Arizona State. That's kind of random. Boston College is the only team besides. Well, it's weird because Notre Dame's rights thing. Notre Dame is only ACC. Is not is AC for every sport, but hockey and, um, hockey and football, football. Yes, yeah, independent
0: and, for football. as everyone knows, and then um, Big Ten
2: for hockey. Yeah, and then the Boston College. I feel like Boston College could like join like the Big Ten for hockey. I don't know if they do already or not.
0: I want to say they're independent. Let me pull that. I up. think
2: they are because I don't think any other team in the ACC is has hockey. I they might be up,
0: part of Hockey East.
2: I could look up the scores or something like that. Uh, okay,
0: yeah, they're so. What I would guess is a lot of the northern um, ACC schools that have hockey, there's a conference called Hockey East. Uh, it's like
2: like Boston U, isn't it? I would imagine they're in that. I can't really remember another ACC team having I feel like Syracuse would potentially have it since they don't have baseball. I just can't. College hockey is interesting because the Frozen Four is really, really cool. Why are they hosting? But then again, I just said this. They're hosting the Frozen Four in Tampa at Amelie Arena.
0: Yeah, that's Ew. that one doesn't. That, if right.
2: most of your crowd is in the Northeast, chances say the best chance for you to get really good attendance numbers is to have it in the Northeast.
0: Yeah. Um. So Syracuse does have hockey. They play in the CHA, um, which is just the College Hockey America, which is a pretty small conference. So yeah,
2: there's your answer right there, folks. Um, NHL stat leaders. Let's do that a little real quick. Um. Again, leading the way in points are the two Edmonton boys, Connor McDavid in first with 32, Leon Draisaitl in second, 28. One of the
0: days we're going to come on this show, and that's not going to be true.
2: I used to pray for times like this. <laughs> um, number three, Miko Rantanen of the Colorado Avalanche, 25 points, followed also by Jason Robertson and David Posternock of Dallas and Boston, respectively, at 25. Goals leading the way is Mr. McDavid again, 15, Bo Hovart of the Vancouver Canucks at 14 goals. Tage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres, 12. I'm not even going to try the name of the guy from Carolina. Andre, yeah, what Daniel said, 12 points or 12 goals. And Jason Robertson of Dallas with 11 goals.
0: The only reason I knew that so easily is I went to a um, Canes game last year, and he had a very big day, so I heard his name yell a
2: lot. Uh, plus minus Hamptus Lindholm of the Boston Bruins, plus 18. Jonas Singhalter of New Jersey, plus 16. Thomas Tater of New Jersey, plus 13. Nico Heishier of New Jersey, plus 13. And Joe Pavelski of Dallas with 12. So you want to see why the Devils are doing so good, there's your answer right there.
0: Yeah, and then they have a lot like further down, like Graves is there. And then you have to scroll a little bit, uh, but there's Brat. So a lot of top 20 um, scores for them.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the goalie side of it, Linus Ulmark of Boston, still allowing the only goalie to allow under two goals a game, 1.96, followed by Connor Hellbuck of the Winnipeg Jets, 2.08, Jake Ottenhanger of the Dallas Stars, 2.13, uh, Sorokin of the New York Islanders, 2.17, and then Keck, maybe? Is that what it is? Uh, I believe so. Of New Jersey, 2.18. Uh, Olmark is first in save percentage, .936, followed by some other names. I don't want to mess up. And then Olmark also with eleven wins, f- followed by Igor Shustarkin eight, Logan Thompson eight, Martin Jones and Jordan Bennington seven as well. So your boy's doing a pretty good job in net, I'd say. He is, and I knew that Olmark
0: or um yeah, Olmark was the kind of uh, answer for the team in net going forward. Last year when in the first two games of the uh, playoffs against Carolina, that I love Jeremy Swayman, but he was just getting, he was getting massacred in net. But the switch to Olmark, uh, ever since then, like the Bruins are able to even up the series, and it's just been really good since.
2: Yeah, I mean they're playing really, really good basketball. Um, hockey. I'm sorry. I looked up the Furman. <laughs> I looked up Furman and Penn State are playing right now, and I like Furman as I said on the show. So I was checking that. So my apologies for that. But then again. Going back to some of the hockey stings, I mean, I mean we dog on them a little bit, but the collapse of Carolina this last like two two and a half weeks is just I didn't really see that coming because they were playing some good teams and beating them by a decent margin. Like what is going on in Carolina?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And uh, not not the time they want this is that they're just now starting to get like national notoriety as a big hockey mar- or not big hockey market, but you know they've got the stadium series they're playing at Carter Finley Stadium, so which is a We'll save our thoughts on that for another time. Which
2: BC just beat NC State there, which is they played funny. outside. Yeah, um, BC played um, North Carolina State. I think the only interesting domes in college football, I think, are the Fargo Dome and then the former Carrier Dome in yes. Syracuse. I could be, I don't the think be Dome. Or oh, wait, no, UTSA plays in not the Alamo Dome, but somewhere. Yeah, the
0: Alamo dome. Bowl. Alamo Bowl.
2: Alamo Bowl. I was thinking of the. Um, no, it is dome. I was thinking of the Astro Dome. I was thinking of something else.
0: There. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: I think I get those two confused. One's still working, but, yeah, just the Hurricanes. I don't really know what happened. And then in the Atlantic, I think teams are finally starting to figure out the lightning a little bit.
0: Yeah, it only took three years, but, yeah.
2: Only took three years. Only took three years and three cup finals appearances and two Stanley Cups.
0: Yeah, light
2: work. To figure it out. Um, Other things that kind of shocked me, Winnipeg's doing a pretty good season out of really nowhere, kind of, the former Atlanta Thrashers. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado, again, what we said after the first week, we said Colorado's going to, we both said Colorado's going to repeat. Um, The goaltending still seems to be kind of a little bit of a problem. They're scoring a lot, but then they have some injuries. I think, um, m- not McCarr's injury, I think McKinnon mm-hmm. or Landis Gov is hurt, I'm pretty sure, one yeah. of those two. And then, I mean, the Blues have not been playing good. They've been playing better as of recently. They've, f- they've won their last four games. And the Blackhawks are kind of returning to form, as we thought. But then shout-out to the Kraken, man.
0: Dude, the Kraken, like, actually look good. Uh, At first, I thought it was just kind of some, like, beginner's – or not beginner's luck, but just some early season luck kind of thing. But they're, like, actually putting together a pretty good product
2: on the ice. Indeed. Yeah, I agree with that. But that is going to do it for our NHL top when we come back. Something new to this show. Something we're probably not going to do a lot this coming up. But – it's time for a little bit of soccer. The World Cup is coming up. It starts this Sunday. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest, everybody. I'm Greg Swanker. Once again, alongside me, as always, Mr. Daniel Locke. We, so far, we've talked about every sport under the sun, and we're about to complete that today because we are about to talk about the FIFA World Cup. That's right, folks. The World Cup is in the the middle of November. That's correct. The World Cup is being played in Qatar 2022. Usually the World Cup's in the summer, but due to the high temperatures in Qatar, they're playing in the World Cup in the winter, which is still very weird.
0: Yeah, and Ethan and I were kind of talking about this on our drive to Atlanta last night. Like, it being in November, a lot of stars aren't playing.
2: A lot of stars aren't playing just because of the injury they have to suffer in their club schedules Notable names missing. A lot of the um, Paul Pogba's not playing for France. Trying to think of some other. Um, There's a chance Saudi Mane couldn't play for Senegal, but he can play now. Um, uh, Conte for France. France has been hit hard with the injury bug. Uh, Reese James for England. Just a lot of just different stars not being able to play due to injury because they have to play. I mean, Manchester United played a game on Sunday, and the first World Cup game is this Sunday as well. But let's talk about a little bit of... Let's talk a little footy with the lads. Eh? Not eh. eh. That's, that's that's Canadian. <laughs> uh, Qatar is has the first game of the World Cup playing against Ecuador. World Cup kicks off on FS1, 10 a.m. Central time this week. So there's going to be a lot of early games coming up at this World Cup. So if you want to watch, just be prepared for that because Argentina versus Saudi Arabia is at 4 a.m. in the morning. Central Standard 4 a.m.? Yeah, man. It's Qatar.
0: That's true.
2: So... Be waking up really early. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do what I've done in the past World Cups, so at least watch a minute of each match. But that'd be no. kind of tough. But going into this World Cup, some of the groups, let's get you a little bit up to date with some of them. So if you're not too familiar with soccer uh and the World Cup, here's how it works. There are 32 teams, I believe. Yes, there are 32 teams who are drawn into eight different groups of four nations. And the top two of each group will advance into the next round, which is called the knockout stage. In the World Cup, those uh, tables look like this. So, starting off in the Group A, we can give our predictions. Daniel, I know you're you're getting more into soccer. Yeah, but I've
0: taken big strides this year. I'm a very big uh, Premier League
2: guy now. Yes, we're gonna get through these, and then we're gonna talk about our each in each group. Which what we real think. quick,
0: if I may, mm-hmm. if you're an American and you want to get into soccer go beyond the MLS that was my problem for a very long time watch the Premier League Griggs back to you
2: yes if you want to watch quality soccer watch the Premier League MLS is getting there to some extent but not to the point where it's the Premier That's League not the it never will no it's definitely not uh Group a is Qatar Ecuador Senegal and the Netherlands this is a very interesting group because Senegal won the a- Afcon Cup I think last summer they have some very talented players they have uh Mindy and gold they have um um uh, Sadio mane formerly of Liverpool now with Bayern Munich who thought that he'd be injured in this one, and then the Netherlands have got some decent players too, like Virgil Van Dijk and others. Um, out of this group, I'm gonna go. Netherlands is gonna win, and then Senegal is gonna finish se- uh, second.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
2: Moving on to Group B, that is the group where the United States are in. It is the it is England, the Islamic Republic of Iran, United States, and Wales. This is an this is a very very interesting group because England is definitely one of the favorites in this World Cup. Iran is a very, very – they're a decent team, I'd say. They're they're able to get to the ball and be able to just play some solid defense. And then Wales, uh, Gareth Bale now in the MLS and got some pretty notable names in the Premier League. I can't quite come up with them, but this is a feisty team that had to fight their way into the World Cup when, uh, in one of the qualifier rounds to get into it. Um, ben Davies uh, is of Wales as well. Um Aaron Ramsey's and on the Wales team, and then most notably Gareth Bale, and then Daniel James of Fulham. So out of this one, I'm gonna go England first, and I think it's gonna be United States. But United States went 500 in their qual in their um, qualifying and preparation matches, so they got to figure out something. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna go with um, England and U.S. as well, but I'm with you. Like um, Ethan and I were talking, my, my my roommate Ethan, who Greg said's a member of Weagle, he's very into soccer. Knows more about it than just about anyone I know. So he was kind of filling me in on everything. The U.S. kind of struggles with Wales. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to get past them.
2: Yeah, I would not be surprised if the U.S. finished anywhere from third to second. If they finish fourth, I think that could be a problem. But if England doesn't finish first, that's a major problem because something's gone wrong. But that'd be very funny. Yeah. But, yeah, Ethan knows a lot more about me than international soccer. I know a lot about the Premier League and stuff. He knows a lot more about just soccer in general. More Um, than anyone I know. Group C is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. This one's pretty cut and dry for me. I'm going to go Argentina first. Leo Messi's last ride. You also have guys like Lissandro Martinez, um, uh, Angel de Maria. I'm going Argentina. And then I'm going to yeah, go second. I'm going to go Poland with really? Ericsson. They got some decent people. They have um, they have uh, Christian Erickson. Or no, that's Denmark. Uh no, they have Lewandowski. Uh Poland's got Lewandowski. I'm going Poland second. I'm gonna go can't...
0: Mexico second.
2: I just Mexico's attack just struggles a little bit and then Ocho is getting really old for a goalkeeper. But I would not be surprised if Mexico finished second. I don't I doubt Saudi Arabia moves out. Uh group D is also pretty easy for me. They got France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. I'm going the the World Cup winners of twenty eighteen to finish first in that group, followed by Denmark.
0: Um, so you have France and Denmark? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take France and Australia. Hmm.
2: Australia, one of those teams that barely got into the World Cup at the end of the qualifying rounds as well. So that wouldn't surprise me that much.
0: this next group is loaded.
2: It's crazy. You got next group is Group E, Spain, the 2010 World Cup winners, Costa Rica, and then Germany, the 2014 World Cup winners, and Japan in fourth. Spain and Germany both exited early in the last World Cup. Um, but I know who I'm going to go here. I'm going to go Germany finishing the group in the first spot, followed by Spain in that one. Yes. Japan does not have, I think, as near as much talent as Spain and Germany. No. And then Costa Rica, sorry, just I can't see it.
0: I think the next one's probably the weakest group so far.
2: Don't just say that just yet. It's Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Now, if you don't recall, Mex- uh, Canada finished above the U.S. in the qualifying stages in the CONCACAF for the World Cup. And they have some Alphonso Davies plays for Bayern Munich. He's pretty, pretty good. Um, but, yeah, Belgium, I think, is stacked. They have Lloris of um, Real Madrid. Uh, they have uh, Kevin De Bruyne of uh, uh, Manchester City. And they also have Lukaku. So, out of this group, I'm going to go Belgium in first. And then second, it's between Canada and Croatia. I'm going to go Canada just because of the dominance they show in the CONCACAF qualifying. I just – but it wouldn't surprise me. Ivan Perisic and Luka Modric. That could be a very, very interesting group right there. But, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Belgium and Canada. Yeah. But don't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if all Croatia finished anywhere from first to fourth. Because Croatia, people forget, finished second in the World Cup in
0: 2018.
2: Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, I, honestly, one through – Belgium, Canada, Croatia could be flipped anywhere of one through three, but then sorry Morocco, it's not you, it's them. Uh, last couple of groups, the World Cup favorite is Brazil, to, and as long as well we have in this group Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Pretty simple for me, Brazil, and I'm going Serbia.
0: Yeah, same.
2: Uh, and finally, Group H, we have Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo's last ride for the Portuguese side in the World Cup. Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. This is a very, very interesting group. I think Portugal is going to come out on top. But then Uruguay and South Korea. I mean, South Korea's got uh, Sonny, who your roommate Ethan's probably really familiar with, mm-hmm. being he's a Tottenham, Tottenham lad. And Uruguay barely got in, but I don't know. I just think Uruguay's got that power. They still have Luis Suarez. So I'm going to go Portugal and Uruguay. I'm going
0: to go with Portugal and South Korea in an upset.
2: I could definitely see that happening. South Korea's got it. If South Korea can get a clicking with Sonny, I think that's a very, very likely chance to happen.
0: Yeah. So why don't we just go through kind of schedule real quick. Um, when For the U.S.? Yeah, when and uh, where people can watch them play.
2: All right. So let's start off. We already said Sunday. You can watch all the matches, I think, on FS1 or Fox. Yes. So the U.S. first match is against Wales. That is going to be at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on Monday, November 21st, so you can find that game there. Um, moving on now, we have the After Black Friday, the United States take on the English national team. That is going to be at 1pm on Fox, so Friday, November 25th. So, if England, if America wins that game, I may cry because that is just that significant. Just to, It's called soccer if we win that game, I think. Yeah. And then... The U.S. also plays the Islamic Republic of Iran Tuesday, November 29th at 1 p.m. on Fox. So you can find all the U.S. matches on Fox. So I think, yeah, for the most part, I think all the games are at 1 and all the games are at Fox. And then you want to mention any of the other? Um,
0: Sure. So I'm going to Spain and Germany on um Sunday the 27th. That's going
2: to be a good game. That is going to be a very. That is definitely one of the best games I think.
0: Argentina and Mexico. Sorry, I'm kind of moving backwards. This no, no, on no, you're Saturday. good. Saturday. I don't think this is going to get much viewership in this region of the country just based off what's an hour and a half after. Argentina versus who? Mexico on Saturday.
2: I'll watch that game. I don't think a lot of Auburn fans will. So one. I think I watch the first half. Sure. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's actually right. I think I watch the first half of that one. Then France Denmark also on that same day. That's a very interesting game. I. I'm going to watch that one. And then you said as well, Sunday the 27th, Spain versus Germany, very good. And then Croatia-Canada, that could be a very impactful game down the stretch. Um, other ones, Portugal versus Uruguay, I think that could be very good. That's on Monday at 1 p.m. on Fox. Um, I'm going to have to skip some classes for these games <laughs> just because I like soccer that much. Um, the 29th, Ecuador versus Senegal at 9 a.m. I'm going to watch that one. Iran versus the United States, we said 1 p.m. on Fox. And then Wales, England is also at 1 p.m. So I don't know if you know this, Daniel. So the last day of the World Cup, so teams don't, like, try to know the results. They don't, like, okay, we're going to arrest all these players because we already know our fate. They played the games at the same time. So, like, you can't have, like, people sitting players, teams just like, okay, so they just did this. All we need to do is this. They just have to go into the mindset, okay, we got to win this game. Which it should be for all games, but yeah, I right. can understand if they played at separate times and like, you want to rest your best players.
0: Yeah, sort of like how in uh, baseball on the last day of the year, everyone plays at the same time. Mm-hmm.
2: I think the NFL is getting towards that yeah. a little bit too. Um, other matches I'm seeing, uh, Poland-Argentina I think could be very, very good. at 1 p.m. on Wednesday the 30th. And then last day, uh, Japan-Spain, as Daniel said. I think that could be an interesting one. As well as Croatia-Belgium at 9 a.m.
0: So, Greg, let me ask you this: What is a hmm. matchup that you're seeing here? That, like, obviously, everyone knows like Germany, Spain, England. Like, those are your your really, really power teams. What's a matchup between two kind of lesser teams that you really think could go a long way in deciding how this thing ends up? Hmm. Sorry to put you on. The no, spot no, 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 no. You're
2: good. I'm looking back at some of these. Um, I think. I think Group G, I think Serbia versus Brazil. Brazil is definitely the World Cup favorite, but Serbia is a very good team. Also, Croatia versus Belgium. I think that's going to be a very, very, very intriguing game. I said Belgium's going to win that group. Now I'm looking back more at that Croatian squad. I think this Croatian squad has got a real chance to get out of this group. So my sleeper team for I think this World Cup would be the Croatian national team because Luka, uh, Luka Modric of uh, Real Madrid, I um, have Ivan Perisic, um, that's a good squad, and they've been to the final before. They knocked out England in the semifinals of the last World Cup. Um, let's do it real quickly, Daniel. Or Do you have one you were going to say?
0: No, I was just going to add. Um, I remember a few years ago I saw a sign for a Germany fan. that had the Belgium flag, and it said, like, um, Euro Market Germany or something. I thought that was funny.
2: That is, but let's just go ahead and cut and dry it. Let's go who your World Cup winner is and how far do you think the United States men's national team will go. You want me? To, you want me to start? Or do you want to go first?
0: I'll go first since yours is probably um, some
2: based off more in depth knowledge.
0: So I've got England winning mm. um, at plus five hundred odds. I think they're going to get it done. And as far as the U.S. goes, I think they're going to finish second in their group, but I don't think they're going to go very far in a knockout round.
2: That's pretty close to what I kind of would think. What I would say, what my would be like. I wish they had like the World Cup like page, like had like a bracket thing I could look out. That'd be so helpful. That'd be very helpful because I need to see which group they play against all on A plays B, C plays D or something like that. Um, however, I think in this World Cup, it's really all pointing towards Brazil. But part of me is like I don't want to pick like that just because everyone's really on Brazil right now. But that that team is so strong front to back. I mean, their goalkeeper room is um, has the starting keeper for both Liverpool, and then the starting keeper for um, Man City. Okay. So that is very stacked goalkeeper room. Yeah. But I I think it really is pointing towards Brazil. I think it really is. But I don't. Know, would not be surprised at all if Argentina wins this as well. I know there's kind of cut dry favorites, but Brazil is just so strong front to back. Their starting 11 is going to be incredibly hard to figure out. And then Argentina is just so strong up front. This, their defense can play as any part of that. I think mm-hmm. they could do it. And then the United States, kind of going off what you think, I think they're going to finish second in group B, I think depending on who they can get in their second group, group 16, but the second place team plays the first place of another group. I can't remember which group would be for the U.S. So I think the farthest the U.S. could make it is the round of eight. The final eight. But yeah. I think they definitely will make the knockout round. But That is going to do it for our soccer top. But when we come back, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. The segment we've done the most on the show. It's Who You Got. So don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. <music> and Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest, everybody. I'm Greg Splank. We're alongside me, as always, my co-host, Daniel Locke, rejoining the show after taking a test, Mr. Noah Phillips. Noah, how you doing? How's that test?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, fun fact for you, South Korea does not play, uh, pay a duty on walking sticks imported into the U.S.
2: Speaking of uh, other countries besides the U.S., who do you have for your World Cup selection as you just came back in, being a big soccer guy yourself?
1: Um, I think they should let the New England Revolution mm. compete in the World Cup, but I've, I'm going to go with America.
2: I feel the same way about you about New England Revolution. But, yes, let's get into who you got now. Both me and Daniel last week went 5-5, five and five, so the records are now standing at Daniel 68-52. and 52. I am at 63-57, and 57, so anything can happen, really, in this. But let's just go ahead and get right into it. College football, let's start off the Oklahoma State Cowboys travel to Oklahoma Sooners for one of the last editions of Bedlam. That is a Saturday, I think it's 6 p.m. on ABC. Mr. Locke, who you got? Uh, you hate to see it go, but you love to watch it leave. Um, Oklahoma State. I'm going with them.
1: Noah? uh, Go Cap Oaks. I'm going to go with the Oklahoma State Cowboys as well.
2: I'm gonna go Oklahoma here because Bedlam gets crazy, man. Anything can happen in Bedlam. Yeah. That guy turns neon black. Yeah, it can it can do anything. So I'm gonna go Oklahoma. I think they they'll finish the year going six and six, seven and five. Uh, moving on now down to Kentucky. Where the NC State Wolfpack will take on the Louisville Cardinals. Daniel, who you got? Shoot, man. Um, God,
0: this is one of those. It's hard to pick. I'm going to go NC State just because I still don't trust Louisville, but I would
2: not be shocked if I was wrong.
1: I'm going Louisville. I'm going to go
2: with Louisville as well. Louisville's won some key matchups this year at home. And NC State, if NC State struggled and then lost to Boston College going on the road to Louisville, especially if Louisville wears the black helmets, if they wear the all-black uniforms. It's wraps. Louisville wins. I got Louisville in that one. Traveling down to the Rose Bowl, where hopefully it'll be at least 50% capacity, the USC Trojans take on the UCLA Bruins in a critical matchup for the Pac-12 title. UCLA can USC can clinch a spot in the title game with a win here. Daniel, what you got?
0: Both of these teams are far improved this year, but I'm gonna go with USC.
1: Since it's taking place in the Rose Bowl and since it's, because it's a rivalry game, I think it will be over 50% capacity. I'm going to go with UCLA.
2: I'm going to go with UC, USC just because they know they, they know what they have to do to get in to the playoff. they got to beat this team, and they got to beat Notre Dame next weekend. And then they have to win the Pac-12. So they have what's ahead of them. They know what's in front of them. So I think and Riley is a coach that can prepare them for that for a coach who's been there before. He's been in the Rose Bowl before. He's lost a game in the Rose Bowl. People forget that. So it was kind of his revenge game. They lost to Georgia, in one of the, the the best playoff semifinal game by a large margin, in my opinion. So I'm going to go USC. Moving on to Eugene, where the Utah Utes travel to take on the Oregon Ducks. Oregon coming off a loss to Washington. This game could determine who goes to the U- uh, Pac-12 title game as well. Daniel, who you got? Give me Bo Nix. Give me the Ducks.
1: Give me Oregon. Give me the Utes. I got a good feeling about them.
2: I'm going the Utes as well, just off of what they did last year to Oregon. Granted, it's different; it was a different coach and a different offensive system. But just Utah, the ability they were able to destroy Oregon last year in two games, really. I'm going to go with the Utes. Moving on now to the NFL. First up, we have it: Dallas Cowboys taking on the eight and one Minnesota Vikings. Daniel, you got?
0: Give me Kirk Cousins in non prime time. Let's go Vikings.
1: Mm. Give me the Vikings. Mm.
2: I'm gonna go to the Vikings as well. The yeah, fact around the horn, the fact that the the fact that the Cowboys are a point and a half favorite in this game to an eight and one Bills uh, Minnesota Vikings team that just beat the Bills. I, it's like that. Mean what is he cooking when looking at Las Vegas? Yeah, just because I don't. To Minnesota's at home too, which is crazy. Um, moving on now, Sunday night, Kansas City travels to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. So it looked like a home game for Kansas City. Daniel, who you got?
0: Give me Kansas City, my guy.
2: You have the Chargers on the sheet. Oh,
0: my goodness. Oh, shoot. Well, we're going to stick with the – oh, that's embarrassing. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Chargers since I put them on the sheet, but that is very, very embarrassing.
2: You you trust in Justin Herbert?
1: Sure. Noah? I'm going to trust in Justin Herbert. Give me the Chargers. Woohoo!
2: I'm going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Just Patrick Mahomes is incredible, and then the Chargers just had very – very difficult injury luck the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Going on to the Estadio Azteca in Mexico City, the Niners are playing the Arizona Cardinals. Daniel, you got?
0: Okay, well, first of all, this just reminds me of my favorite Mexican restaurant in my hometown, Sol Azteca, so I'm going to go with the 49ers.
1: I guarantee you that Mexican restaurant has nothing on Ricky's Tacos. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals I think they're due for a win.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Call of Duty servers are that well near that stadium. So and then Kyle Murray won't have his gaming set up. But however, I am gonna go the 49ers just because they play Colt McCoy again. You're good for one good Colt McCoy game a year, as I said earlier. This
0: is the kind of journalism you get on the Eagles
2: now. Exactly. You don't you don't you don't hear these call they give you the stats like, oh, no matter where Kyle goes, it's a call of duty thing. No, it's only when he's at home, people. I know the stats. Um moving on now, we have one college basketball game this weekend. It's Kentucky versus Gonzaga. In Spokane, Washington, Kentucky, and Gonzaga both recently lost. Daniel, who you got?
0: So this Kentucky team has to play in environments like Tennessee, Auburn. Um, you get the gist of it. Gonzaga
2: has to go play, like you said earlier on the show, in front of 2,000 people. However, this is the neutral site game because Coach Cow did not want to play in front of the kennel, the 4,000-seat oh. stadium. So this is like downtown Spokane. So
0: Ooh, fancy. Okay,
2: doesn't matter. Tucky.
1: I've never heard of Spokane in my life, and I hate <laughs> Kentucky, so I'm going to go with Gonzaga.
2: Solid reasoning right there. Um, I'm going Kentucky because I think Gonzaga losing by 19 points to an actual Power 5 opponent. When ta- when they're in talks to join the Big 12 with for a team that doesn't have FBS football, which I don't know how that would even work, but crazy things have happened, I'm going to go with the Wildcats in this one. I think if Oscar DeChi- Oscar. Kentucky looked like they were going to win that most of the game until Oscar Deseibwe went out with out of, fouled out late in the first overtime. Yeah. Moving on now to the plains. We have two games here on the plains this weekend. First up, the Texas Southern. I think were they tigers?
0: Uh, some sort of cat.
2: Yeah. Take on the Auburn Tigers. We know that's the fact for the Tigers. Auburn number 13 in the nation, hosting Texas Southern this Friday night. Daniel, you got dub for Auburn?
1: Give me t- No, I'm kidding. Give me Auburn.
2: Well, Texas Southern does have one more national title in basketball than Auburn does. I am going to go with the Auburn Tigers in this one. I think if they have, they can do anything like they did offensively against Winthrop. I think they can do accomplish anything, especially with Window Green leading the way in the charge for that one. And then finally, this Saturday night, na- um, Saturday afternoon, not night, in Jordan Hare Stadium, the West Kentucky Hilltoppers take on the Auburn Tigers. This game will be on the SEC Network. I think. Uh, yeah. On th- at three p.m. Central on saturday daniel who you got
0: auburn's gonna pull it out somehow some way i believe so auburn
1: noah well you know my dad went to that college drop right before he came to auburn but i'm gonna go with auburn
2: i'm gonna go with auburn as well i think if they can have anything half of what the environment was on saturday i think they can beat the hilltoppers just got to cover that pass defense and then finally real quick we're not gonna be here next week iron bowl Any hey, daniel uh bama noah
1: you know what? Why you got to be so negative? Give me the Auburn tag.
2: You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Bama. I just, it's been a great story for Cadillac Williams. I just, Tuscaloosa, Bama, upset. This will probably be the last game a lot of those players will play and then opt out for Bama. So I expect the Tide to win that one. But that is going to do it for the Eagles Nest. Fortunately, we're going to be off next week, but don't worry. We're going to at least have one more show before we take a break for the month of December for winter break here at Auburn. So for Daniel Locke, our guest Noah Phillips today, I'm Grace Blankenberg. This has been the Eagles Nest. Thank you for tuning in and War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to The Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. and at TheGriggsB. Until next time, this has been The Eagle's Nest. See you next week.